Westchester Talk Radio is broadcasting live. News, trends, and more. No one knows Westchester County better than we do. We are Westchester Talk Radio. Good day. Welcome to Westchester Talk Radio. WestchesterTalkRadio.com. I'm John Marino, and we are produced by Shark Creative. Made possible by Robeson Oil, the house that service built. By Lipolis Electric. Don't be left in the dark. Get Lipolis by Hightower and Westchester, managing your wealth to a fiduciary standard. By White Plains Hospital. By Michael Labriola, landscape design and construction of Armok. And by Tompkins Mayor Pack Bank. Welcome to the Sports Report. Coming up on November 17th at the legendary Glen Island in New Rochelle are the 2021 Westchester Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. No ceremonies a year ago due to the pandemic. The ceremonies, the inductions are back this year and not at the county center in White Plains where the inductions have been for the past number of years since that facility has been used throughout the COVID pandemic for obviously for medical reasons first and for ongoing medical reasons as a vaccine destination and a vaccine distribution center now. So we'll be over at Glen Island Casino in New Rochelle again the night, November 17th, the class of five to be inducted, including Dave Salazzo, Harrison football great. Also, legendary basketball coach Lou DeMello, softball legend, Coach Jones Spedafino of Rynek High in Mamaroneck, New Rochelle football great Ray Rice, Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens, and also a New Rochelle product, one of the greatest basketball players in the history of New Rochelle High School in the city of New Rochelle and Westchester County, Kent Washington. Kent Washington graduated New Rochelle High in 1973. He went on to have a memorable career at Southampton College on Long Island, and then he embarked on an international basketball career that in the 70s and 80s really garnered him lots of fame over on the other side of the pond in Europe. And he played for a long time in Poland. He played for a long time in Sweden. Kent Washington, welcome to Westchester Talk Radio. And first of all, congratulations on your selection to the Hall of Fame. What does that feel like and mean to you? When you got the word you were elected to the Westchester Sports Hall of Fame, what was your first thought? Uh, thank you very much for uh, having me on the show. Um, I was very humble and very, very um, honored to be uh, amongst the uh, Westchester Hall of Famers. It's something that I really, you, you don't work towards something like that. You, you just play the game and whatever accolades come, they, they just come. Mm-hmm. You've had numerous accolades through the years, beginning at New Rochelle High. You came up through the New Rochelle school system. You didn't really get on the varsity until, I guess, in the middle of your high school career, right? It's not like today where a star eighth grader can be on the varsity. No, no, no. It was a lot different than uh, there was a junior high school, which was a seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And then there was senior high school, which is 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. So, And that junior high was Albert Leonard, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, which is what, a middle school today, I think, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Uh, sixth, seventh, 
and eighth grade. Mm -hmm. So it seems like the system has pushed players up quicker, I guess. But during my time, it was unusual for any ninth grader to be able to compete with the 12th grader. Just Did you feel like you should be on the varsity at that time? Did you feel like, hey, if I get a shot on the varsity now at the age of 14, 15, I can be a star? Absolutely not then, because the players were clearly uh, much better than I was. It, it, it tells me now that the level of play is maybe a little bit weaker because there were no ninth graders that could even compete uh, on the varsity. Mm -hmm. Now you're a five foot eight point guard, right? You still do you still play to this day? Absolutely not. That is no. I mean, no. I, I w w when I retired, I actually meant it. You know. Mm -hmm. But do you get out there on the court and shoot around from time to time? Do not at all. I uh, train kids occasionally, but I have no desire to play again. I played for 14, uh, 14 seasons, and uh, that was quite enough. What were the highlights of your time at New Rochelle High? Highlights at New Rochelle High School was the, uh, the uh, Westchester Holiday Tournament, where I got the uh, most valuable Player uh, Award in 1977, no, excuse me, in 1973, of course, and uh, making all, all uh, county. Uh, and that was at uh, that holiday tournament, was at New Rochelle High at that time, right? Yes, yes, yep. yes. Mm -hmm. It was an annual tournament there. Did you feel like because you were five foot eight, you had to be a point guard? That, that helped develop your point guard skills, knowing that at least in that time, today, if you were five foot eight, Shooter, if you can really light it up from three-point range, you got a shot to be a shooting guard. And if you're not a great ball handler, they'll take you off the point. Back then, if you were five foot eight, as I found out, we're about the same height, same size, basically, that you were going to be a point guard no matter how well you could shoot. Yes, yes, that's very true. At five foot eight, you know, but being short, um, it it helped me because I knew what position. I was going to play forever. You know, um, sometimes short guys uh, want to be tall, but I kind of said, you know what? I, I'd rather be who I am now so I can uh, attach my skill to that height. Mm -hmm. And you had legendary point guard skills, obviously, naturally to begin with, and then you took those skills and honed them from there. From there, from New Rochelle, you went to Southampton College out on Long Island. They were a Division Three, D3 at that time, were they? They were D2, independent. D2. Independent D2 at that time, back in the mid and late 70s at Southampton yeah. College. Everybody what influenced was. you to go to Southampton? Why was it Southampton, not someplace else? That's an excellent question. I was at the Walt Frazier summer of a basketball camp, and there was a lot of coaches there. And one who ran the camp was Jim Kochlaw. He was the head coach at Southampton College during that time. And during the camp, he noticed that I had this unquenchable thirst to, to just practice and play, practice and play. While, while kids were eating lunch, I was down at the courts doing all kind of ball handling drills and training uh, extra. And he saw something in me that he wanted on his team. So he, he followed me that 
that was when I was in 11th grade going into my 12th grade year. So he followed me. He didn't say much to me. He kind of secretly followed me. Secretly followed you. Now, I followed you out to the Hamptons a few years after you graduated at Southampton in 77. And it's no secret that people in radio and throughout the business know I've spent a lot of my career on Long Island, beginning in 1980 in Southampton. And you and I got to just a few years apart out there, kind of running the same circles a little bit, as it turned out. You came in contact with and became good friends with a legendary Southampton High School basketball family and player, a guy who moved on to play in the NBA for the Cleveland Cavaliers and back home here with the Nets, too. Yes, Clarence Foots Walker. Uh, uh, excellent guard. Foots lived out in Southampton. He came to uh, Southampton College one evening to, to play some pickup games. Um, I was a junior then, and I played very, very well uh, against him. And he saw in, in me also something. And then he started to, to uh, come up in the summer when I stayed there. And we started to play one-on-one -on -one full courts like, like twice a week. Mm -hmm. I happened to live on the campus of Southampton College during my time in the Hamptons in the 80s for a little bit. And a great campus, obviously. I think you enjoyed your time there, right, at Southampton? I actually love that college. Small, quaint. Um, all the uh, security guards knew me so I could get into the uh, gym anytime I wanted to. And I was often there, maybe too often sometimes. I should have spent more time in uh, at the campus library. But uh, be it as it may, uh, the basketball kind of steered my life there. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to say the first time I ever drove over a speed bump was at Southampton College in the summer of 85. Did they have speed bumps then in the 70s at Southampton College? They had plenty of them. Uh -huh. I always wondered if Southampton College were the inventors of the speed bump. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first one I ever hit. And believe me, I hit the first one really good because I had no idea what they were. But I learned, and that's become a big part of our society today, especially in and around schools, the speed yeah. bump or speed bumps, along with speed cameras, too, nowadays yeah. around schools yeah, as right. well, too. So <laughs> Kent Washington, New Rochelle basketball legend here on Westchester Talk Radio, the sports report. Kent will be inducted into the Westchester Hall of Fame, class of 5, 2021, at Glen Island in New Rochelle on November 17th. Hope you can be there. I'm going to be there. Yeah, I'm generally there at the Hall of Fame every year, as it turns out. Kent Washington from Southampton College. You were drafted by the NBA and not just any NBA squad. Yeah, I was drafted really, really late. They had uh, 10 rounds back then, really 10 rounds. That's a lot of rounds. And being a late draft choice, you go out to a, a camp where there are a lot of ex-ABA players and guys who weren't drafted that thought that they had a shot. And of those uh, players, they ran drills for about four or five days, and then they um, they, they formulated a Los Angeles Laker summer league team, which mm -hmm. I actually made. Um, I played two games and unfortunately, uh, coach Jerry West at th that time, uh, told me thanks, but, but no thanks. Um, 
they had enough guards. But I got a lot out of it. I saw how good I was, or at that time was not. And it, uh, it helped me with understanding that there's a level of play on the uh, above mind that I need to really work towards. And in those days, there weren't too many D2 players who were drafted by the NBA. Ten rounds or not at that time. You were drafted by the legendary Los Angeles Lakers, as you pointed out. You mentioned something in there that a lot of people who came up after you and I may not know what you mean by the initials ABA. Yeah, yeah. The um, ABA was a the American Basketball Association, which was a league that tried to compete with the NBA. And what and they, also that's where Julius Irving made his name. Roosevelt, Long Island, from Nassau County, Julius Irving as a star with, yeah, the Nets were an, an ABA squad first before they moved over to the NBA in the 1976 merger with Portland and Indiana at that time, too. Yes, yes, absolutely. There were a lot of players, George McGinnis, George Gerving, they were like really, really... A lot of NBA Hall of Famers, guys we know as NBA superstars, began their careers in the ABA back in the late 60s and early and mid-70s. Connie Hawkins, too, was another. Rick Barry, yeah. Roger Brown, the great sharpshooter with the Indiana Pacers at that time. So many more. We could sit here all day and name some great basketball names who began in the ABA and then moved over. Mel Daniels moved over to the NBA. Guys we got to know as NBA superstars who were already superstars in their own rights in the old American Basketball Association. Do you still have an old multicolored ABA basketball that a lot of people today have no idea what that is, right? You don't have any idea what that is. <laughs> you got to get used to it when you dribble first, right? The swirling and bouncing colors, right? You feel like you're in some sort of, I don't know, some kind of kaleidoscope or whatever, or maybe on a merry-go-round going round and round, right, with those, with the, the red-white. It was a red-white and blue basketball. I've red, seen white. recently some attempts to bring it back. My cousin, who I grew up with and lived above me here, had an ABA ball. I had an orange basketball, a standard Wilson or whatever, and he had an ABA ball, and he'd bring the ABA ball to the court, and I'd try to steer away from putting my hands on that because once if it would roll my way, so I got to shoot this now, and I go nice and slow. It's like, okay, you know, it's not your head spinning. It's the <laughs> basketball spinning. <laughs> oh, boy, what days they were. What fun, right, Kent? Uh, great days, great yep. days. Yep, and then you moved on from the Los Angeles Lakers camp and playing with their summer league team at that time. That was 77, correct? 1977? Yes. Yeah. You went on and played overseas for a long time in Poland and in Sweden. You wound up in Poland at first. What's the story with that? Yes, uh, Southampton College in 1976 of uh, May, we toured Poland on a seven-game, 20-day tour. And uh, I played very, very well there. And the coach there wanted me to stay on and play then, but I told him I had to come back and uh, finish school. So um, after I realized I wasn't an NBA that basketball uh, player, I uh, contacted by by um, Telegram. <laughs> by Telegram? Um, Gee, what's that? 
Exactly. And uh, the communication went back and forth and I was contracted to, to sign and I left uh, January 6, 1979. And you went to Start Lublin, right? Start In Poland? Lublin. Yes. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like playing for that team? They were a pretty legendary team in Poland at that time. By the way, we've discussed ABA. You also mentioned the telegram. I guess we should talk about Buster Brown shoes next, right? <laughs> what are these things, huh? Internet, cell phones, iPhones, iPads. Well, there were things that happened to make all of this possible today, right? Sure were. The ABA, the telegram, Buster Brown shoes, and a whole lot more made all this possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, so you went to Poland to start Lublin. What was that like to go overseas, go to a place where you didn't know the language? The culture was vastly different, especially at that time, too. I think you had good preparation first forward. And I have to say this by being in Southampton for four years, because at that time, Southampton was very heavily Polish immigrant and Polish American. I think in the 70s when you were there, the mayor of Southampton, the entire town council, Southampton town was all of Polish background at that time, correct? Yes. And they still have the old Polish festival in Riverhead, Long Island, too. And I do have to say, my lady friends when I was out there in the 80s were... Polish. That's what the community was at that time in the 1970s and 1980s in Southampton. Changed a lot. So I guess that gave you some preparation for going to Poland and getting there. And when you first got there, how were you received by the team, by your teammates and by fans? Um, the team, the teammates, the fans already got a, a look at me back in uh, 1976. So mm -hmm. they were aware of my style of play. I, I play very uh, imaginatively. Mm -hmm. A different would, style than the Eastern European style at that time. Much different right? style. Much and different than, let's say, all the guys who come from the republics of the former Yugoslavia or from Yugoslavia, Serbia nowadays. These guys are skilled players in many ways, like uh, Luka Doncic from Slovenia. Back then, the Eastern European style was kind of like I guess you'd call it a robotic basketball style. We saw it with the boxing styles of all the Eastern European countries at that time, how robotic their boxers were. And this carried over, I guess, to every sport, too. Yes. Um, the, the, the basketball, I was amazed and I was, uh, I, I, I dribbled too much for their liking. And I, I understood that their play, the, the, the Eastern European style, was ball movement and body movement. And um, I got used to them and they got used to me, but I could also involve my creative passing and ball handling skills in that. And that, and, uh, that made me a, a tremendous fan favorite there. Mm-hmm. And they had to learn the players, I guess, to move differently because of the way you could handle the ball and that they might just have to keep their eyes open at all times because a pass from my pal Kent might just be on the way and I don't want to get a one bounce bounce right into my head or face if I'm not paying attention, right? That happened the first practice a few times and then the uh, coach kind of um, gathered us around with that, my, 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 uh, the translator and he explained that, look, fellas, we know what kind of player uh, Kenny is. You have to be aware 
and keep your eyes on him while he has the ball. Yeah. Even when he doesn't have the ball, too, I guess, because of the way you moved around in a way they did not, and that they'd be able to find you in places that, on the court, they probably couldn't even imagine existed, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 there was an adjustment period, but uh, I'll say they are such good, instinctive players that we picked up our cohesiveness very, very quickly because it's a, a pro league. We practiced um, uh, twice a day. So, and there's bonus money. They're highly paid. So, you know, the, the, these guys can really play. Uh -huh. There was much at stake at that time then. Much at stake. There was, I mean, this is a serious pro league that I really didn't realize what was at stake. And then I had to get used to the different rules, the, the referees, only handle the ball on substitutions and fouls. So when a, a violation um, was up, they, the player could take the ball, run to the sideline, and just throw it in again. Uh -huh. so it was a much fast-paced game. The uh, three-second lane is uh, 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 the trapezoid lane. Uh, there was a 30-second shot clock now. Um, and, and, and there's the, the, what we call the Euro step. You know, the Euro step, what's that? That is when a player can come to a, a, a jump stop and then take one more step and either score or, 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 or a pass. Which so, here would be a walk, right? Which here would be called a, a traveling violation by a referee, yeah. right? But now, um, the Eurostep has been, there's a, a, a whole lot of players that are using it now. Over here, they use their step one way, step that the opposite way, and, and use the same hand. So there's a lot of that going on here because the, the European influence on our game is tremendous now. Mm -hmm. No question about that. You also became, you played for a second team in Poland too, correct? Yes, Zangwembe Sosnowiec. And what city was that in at that time? That was close to uh, uh, the big city of uh, Katowice. It was a smaller town called Sosnowiec. Mm -hmm. And you continued your legendary career there. You were such a legend in Poland that you appeared in a movie filmed in 1980, released in 1981. Tell us about that. You're a Polish film star, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, our club got a call, and the director calls my translator and I into his uh, 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 the office, and he tells me that there's a movie director in Warsaw that wants me in a film. So I'm like, this must be a comedy then, <laughs> if I'm in it, you know. So uh, we go there and it, I, I, I do a 30-second uh, cameo. I am a uh, younger version of the star in it when he's bragging to his girlfriend, well, what a great basketball player he was when he was younger. And um, as it would have it, this film became an iconic cult comedy in Poland. 
And and I'm now known almost as much for that as I was playing basketball. I think everybody who grew up in that era in Poland, everybody knows that movie. Mish is the name, M-I-S, as in Misha the bear, like the Russian bear Misha. Eastern yes. European Slavic languages are very close. Mish means teddy bear in Polish. And maybe you were, I guess you were the teddy bear of the movie, right? Well, not exactly, but I was portraying the younger version of... Right, you were the younger version of the teddy bear in the movie, as it turned out. Mish, is it on YouTube? Can you find it on YouTube? Absolutely. Uh Go look for Kent Washington. Mish, M-I-S, is the movie online from 1981 Poland, Soviet-era Poland, might I point out. And culturally, like I said, vast differences. What was it like to be in Poland in the early 1980s after the tempest, the storm of Lech Wałęsa after he came up and tried to organize Poles to revolt against the Russian regime running the country and running the entire Soviet and Eastern European bloc at that time? Yeah, that was interesting. I had, uh, Poland was like, I was thrown back in a, 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 a time warp. Uh, clothing, uh, appliances, everything was like older, older. Cars, right, at that time too? Cars, everything. Was it like 1950s USA maybe? Probably so. I mean, you know, uh, everything was older. And I didn't realize that it, it was um, uh, communism that, had anything to actually do with it. Cause I'm just playing basketball. I'm not really politically involved or anything. And then as 1981 came, I was in uh, uh There was a movement called Solidarity. And when the ship workers up in Gdansk um, uh, stopped working, that, work stoppage had trickled all the way down through throughout the entire uh, uh, country. And where I was were, were, were the, the coal miners and they are a strong union and they stopped working. And that's when the Russian uh, government put a lot of pressure on the, the Polish government to do something about it or we will. So General Yad, Jaruzelski took took over uh, Poland and he created or, or, or uh, indoctrinated what's called martial law, where there were curfews. Uh, we we could uh, actually practice, but games you couldn't play. Games you went to work, came home. Uh, uh, colleges and schools couldn't uh, meet. They were trying to. Uh, squash this whole thing. Uh, there were food shortages, item shortages. We all had uh, uh, these rationing cards. Um, and, it would, and that was when I realized that communism is re- responsible for the uh, controlling of the, uh, the Polish people. Mm-hmm. So, Wojciech Jaruzelski, if I remember right, was the man who stepped in that's to squash exactly. everything, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. General Jaruzelski. You moved on to Sweden from there and continued your legendary career in Europe. How did you wind up going from Poland to Sweden? You were such a star in Poland. 
Yeah, well, with my Polish team, we traveled to uh, Bremenhaven, West Germany, to play against the Russian national team, Swedish national team, and the West German national team. And uh, I played well. I got the most valuable player award there. And the Swedish national center wanted me to come over and play for his club team. And uh, I said, I have to think about that, you know, because, but it didn't take much thought, but um, I felt bad for my, my, the Polish team that I was on because I really like playing there, but I, I you know, I mean, uh, Sweden's a, you know, the currency is hard currency and uh, I can make more, more money and play, you know, in the Western Europe. Uh, the league wasn't quite as good as the Polish league, but, but it was very competitive. Actually in West uh, Germany, the uh, Russian national team, I played against Arvidas Sabonis. He was wow. 19. Really? Yeah. Bonus Whose son plays, Devontas uh, plays for Indiana today nowadays. Well, that's his son. His, his son, father. yeah, his son. Yeah, yep. his son, yep. Uh, yep. Devontas Sabonis plays for yep. the Indiana Pacers. His father, was, uh, father before him was a great NBA star, came from Lithuania, the family, matter of fact. Yeah. Very well-known family to any Lithuanian you talk to here. Even people who are non-basketball fans, Lithuanians, everybody knows the Sabonis family, father and son. So you were a Polish champion, correct? You won a championship in Poland? No, no, no. We were bronze medalists twice. Bronze medalists in Poland. Yeah. And you win a league championship in Poland. We, we won what's called the uh, Polish Cup one time. That's a domestic cup mm -hmm. where all teams play against each other, and we won that. But mm -hmm. that's not exactly the league championship. Mm-hmm. But it's still a championship of sorts, right? So yeah, you were a champion basketball player in Poland. Yeah. Yeah. In Sweden, any championships? No championships. I, the, the, the team I went to was really trying to just stay up. They had just gotten up to the uh, uh, top league, and they just wanted to stay there. And we did make the, the playoffs. Uh, both years, and we were the team with the the most uh, uh, what uh, uh, the public. We we, we averaged a Lynn Sherping, right? Was the team you played for? Yeah, EF Co. Lynn Sherping. Yes. Uh -huh. Did you have to play any hockey to show that you can play hockey too in order to get on the basketball team there? No. Thank, go thank goodness, no. Yeah. No, no ice skates involved, right? No basketball and ice skates. Maybe you might think in Sweden, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting. Maybe we got the start of something there, right? <laughs> and the two of us together. We'll go to Sweden and start basketball on ice skates. Better be popular there, right? Throughout <laughs> Scandinavia, maybe. So, Kent Washington, New Rochelle basketball. Great to be inducted into the Westchester Sports Hall of Fame on November 17th at Glen Island at New Rochelle, Kent Washington. You came back home in the late 80s. I guess an injury ended your career. I, I came back 97, 98. I, I stayed over after um, I met my wife there and I, I had a daughter there. And then we came back 97, 98 when I got an, an offer to uh, 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 assist coach at Iona College Women's Basketball. 
Mm-hmm. And then you moved on to Mercy College in Dobbs Ferry for a few yes. years as well, an assistant. And then you were the head coach for three seasons at Mercy. Yes, for yep. three seasons there. Very trying seasons, but yeah, I enjoyed my time. There. That's part of sports, right? The ups and the downs. No question Absolutely. about that. Absolutely. And what did you do since then? What have you done since then? You've been, I guess, um, in the Town school system for a long time. You were Yes, yes. Uh, I was in the uh, Terrytown Public School System for the last 20 years, um, in third, fourth, and fifth grade, doing um, math as a teaching assistant, and uh, I loved that job there. And now I am retired, and I do nothing. Your Facebook page might say happily retired, right? <laughs> That's for sure. Like some people do. All right, sure. you against Foots Walker one-on-one. Who would win? Uh, Foots would then, of course, I was a college player playing against a pro. And he uh, was six feet, even though he had a rep for being short. He was short by NBA standards at six yes. feet. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if we went head to head on when I was at my best, he still win. <laughs> but Who I would win today, you against Foots? I'd be, I'd be much more competitive, but I still have to give Foots the upper hand because he was an NBA player and I was not. What was that NBA experience like for you, being in the Lakers camp, playing in the Summer League, couple of games, you went up against greats. You know, the Lakers at that time, don't want to say the deck was stacked against you, but it was really. They just drafted Nora Nixon. They had signed Ernie DiGregorio as a free agent at that time, too. How did you feel like, you know, you got Norm Nixon, big college superstar coming in. Lakers had high hopes for him, drafted him number one. In came Ernie D, who had a big-time NBA rep already by that point. How did you feel when you walked into that camp? Well, I knew I wasn't there to make the team. But you could make. Did you go into the mindset at all that maybe I can make the team or show off enough to make it somewhere else, which you did in Poland? Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. I I wanted to see how I stacked up against D1 players because as a D2 player back then, you got to play. Well, we played against uh, Long Island U one time. We played against Hofstra because – there were very few D1 teams around then, so they had to play against D, D, D2 teams. And I knew that going into camp that I'm facing ex-ABA players, D1 players, and if there are any D2 uh, players there, they are top-notch. So the, uh, the, the size and strength was a... Uh, uh, an issue then because uh, there was hand checking and um, Foots taught me one thing never turn your back on a defensive guard because they can put their hands on you always face them and that helped me out because I could use my speed and you know to get around them so I was as as, as skilled as quick as fast but not quite as strong. And, and we had some great defensive guards in that era. We think of the guys who played for the Knicks, Michael Ray Richardson, who played at the University of Montana, or local Westchester hometown, great from Mount Vernon, Ray Williams at that time, too. They were incredible defensive guards. They knew what you wanted to do on the court before you knew what you wanted to do, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to tell you a story here. Michael Ray Richardson, Ray Williams, my two favorite Knicks at that time. To this day, I have their picture on my front door after one of them went to the Nets and they came back, played the Knicks in a preseason game. They met and shook hands. I have that picture of them shaking hands on my front door since 1983. Okay, yeah, because Ray and, and, and I were high school rivals. Right. And Gus, his brother, was inducted into the Hall of Fame, one of my early Hall of Fame inductees, one of my earliest back in 04, I think, Gus was inducted into the Westchester Sports Hall of Fame. Ray, of course, hit some hard times, passed away from cancer a few years ago at the age of 57, I believe it was, as it turned out. By the way, Kent Washington, you were, you brought up Hofstra and the other schools on Long Island, D1 schools at that time. You had a Delphi, which I think was a D2 at that time also. Too. You turned out one year, I guess it was your senior year in 77. You were the, an award given out at that time. You were the Long Island College Basketball Player of the Year, number one amongst all the schools on the island, Hofstra, Stony Brook, Delphi, and all the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that didn't in, 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 Include the, the the D1 schools. I was the the, the college uh, division MVP. That included you know Stony Brook's Post, Delphi, us, um, uh, uh, Dowling had college. There's right, Dowling College. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I did some radio play-by-play for Dowling back in the '90s in Oakdale okay. near Republic Airport, not yeah. Republic Airport, MacArthur Airport. Republic's oh, over yeah. in Farmingdale. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New York Tech. They had some really good players there. Kelvin Hicks played out of uh, New York Tech. He was an excellent player. Um, Hofstra had uh, back then really good team. Uh, Richie Laurel and John Irving and those guys. So. Um, I was pretty proud of that. You know, there was a lot of good, good schools out there. And I worked really, really hard and successively became a better player each year. And that mm-hmm. was my, uh, if you had been around a bit longer, you would have played some Long Island greats like Shelton Jones at Amityville, who played at St. John's and played in the NBA. And Alex Agudio in the early 80s also, too, was a great Long Island High School basketball star in Suffolk County at that time. And some great names came out of Long Island basketball. Kent Washington, you come out of Westchester and Long Island hoops. Both, as it turns out, we make the local connection here between Westchester and Long Island. The great hoop star at New Rochelle High, Southampton College had... You know, we have Westchester Talk Radio. We have a show called A Cup of Joe, political show. You had a cup of Joe with the Lakers professionally after being drafted by then. And you went on to fame and fortune in Poland and Sweden, came back home to coach women's college basketball at Iona and at Mercy College, Iona in New Rochelle, Mercy in Dobbs Ferry. And you were a teacher's aide in the Tarrytown school systems for about two decades. And now you are enjoying retirement. You will be with us at Glen Island in New Rochelle on November 17th for the Westchester Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, class of five to be inducted on that night. Hope you can make it and join us there at Westchester's Sports Hall of Fame's 2021 class of five inductions again at Glen Island in New Rochelle on November 17th. That class is... Joan Spedafino, legendary softball coach at Rynek High in Mamaroneck. Also, too, Dave Salazzo, Harrison football great and longtime coach, college and high school 
Also, too, and amongst all the sports greats there, Lou DeMillo, legendary basketball coach at Rice High School. Also from New Rochelle High, NFL Super Bowl, a Baltimore Ravens champion, and one of the most legendary Rutgers University football players in central New Jersey, Ray Rice. And, of course, basketball legend Kent Washington from New Rochelle High School, all to be honored on November 17th over at Glen Island in New Rochelle. Kent, thank you for joining us here on Westchester Talk Radio, and congratulations You, Kent Washington, on November 17th, will become a member of the Westchester Sports Hall of Fame. Congrats and all the best. Thank you so very much. This was so very nice of you. Kent, we'll see you on November 17th for your special night. We'll be there. Thank you, Kent. Thank you. Kent Washington here on Westchester Talk Radio, the Sports Report. I'm John Marino. We are made possible by, after being, of course, produced by Shark Creative, made possible by Robeson Oil, the house that service built by Lipolis Electric. Don't be left in the dark. Get Lipolis by Hightower Westchester, managing your wealth to a fiduciary standard. Also by White Plains Hospital, Michael Labriola, landscape design and construction of Armonk, and by Tompkins. Mayo Pack Bank. Catch, by the way, catch Kent Washington in the Polish cult classic from 1981, Mies. You can find it on YouTube and you can find Westchester, also Rockland, Putnam, Dutchess, Orange, and Fairfield County Talk Radio. All of our programming on our YouTube channel, Shark, that's Shark with a C, not a K, Shark Creative YouTube, and we also have an app now for Westchester Talk Radio. Take it with you anywhere and everywhere you go 24-7. It's called Westchester Talk. You're listening to Westchester Talk Radio. Powered by Shark Media, a division of Shark Creative. And made possible by Entergy, Indian Point Energy Center. Visit safesecurevinyl.com.